Amen and amen. It is good to have you here today. If you have a copy of God's word, I'd invite you to open with me to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four is where we're gonna be. So good times, it is a great Palm Sunday. And I gotta tell you guys, we were ready to go, ready to rock. And I just like to keep our staff on their toes. You know, there are times where I feel like perhaps Nathaniel gets a little too cocky, all right? A little too sure of himself in this technological setup. So at approximately 1041 this morning, I went up into the sound booth, determined to turn on our bright light that has our mission. I thought, man, that's what I wanna see. I wanna see our mission in the back, reach, teach, live, and love, lit up like Christmas morning. I was super excited about it. So I went up there determined to turn it on. I found an electrical plug and I thought, this is it. And I flipped the switch, and when I flipped the switch, there was a pretty good uh, pop sound, and everything turned off at 1041. So uh, just, you know, just a little test to make sure we all know what we're doing and we all have our stuff together. And praise God, they did. So uh, shout out to Lathaniel for being able to get all that back up and running. We even had like a cool palm background. Now it just looks like I'm in space right now. It's fine. Uh, So just, you know, kids, you can just imagine Pastor Rusty just floating along. Right? Uh, See this stuff orbiting behind me. It's awesome. I'm so glad that you're here. I I do want to just say this, and I think it's worth saying, it's worth mentioning. First, we are super honored that you have joined us today. Uh, If you don't usually come to Crossroad, and maybe you don't even usually go to church, but you're here, we want you to know that we are super excited that you're hanging out with us today. Uh, But we also want to just be reminded that I I was thinking about it as we're worshiping, that, you know, I really almost messed this whole thing up this morning, but I was thinking to myself, I don't really want us to get too good at this uh, because my heart is that before long we will be able to gather back together as the church. But again, what a blessing it is to have this avenue and to be able to connect in this way. So on Palm Sunday, we get to be here. We get to be live with you and fellowshipping together. We are in Philippians 4, which is an unusual passage for Palm Sunday, admittedly. But for such a time as this, for this Palm Sunday, I think it's really appropriate that the Lord has led us here. But before we dive in, I do want to take just a moment to reflect on Palm Sunday. As we think about this day where we celebrate Jesus' arrival into Jerusalem, as he was welcomed by a massive crowd who were crying out, Hosanna, a word that simply means God save us. It's a word of exclamatory praise. They're just shouting out, God save us. Of course, we know that this coronation was short-lived because Jesus would eventually be crucified, reviled, tortured, and hated by some of these same people likely who once shouted, Hosanna. What a wild week Holy Week really is as we enter into this Holy Week together to think about all of the stuff that we're going to be seeing is I would just encourage you to read through the scriptures and read through the narrative of Passion Week this week to see all of these things that happened. And I pray that in these, these days in the midst of kind of a forced slowdown that this might be one of the most impactful Easter's ever in the lives of our families as we slow down from normal and really think about what it is to live in light of Jesus's death, burial, and resurrection, to think about what it means on this Palm Sunday to walk with King Jesus. You think about Palm Sunday, I'm reminded that our Savior went through difficult times. We'll go through good times, but we're also gonna go through difficult times if we follow Jesus. There is struggle, there is suffering, But isn't it good to know that the same king we worship today 
rode a donkey headfirst into what was waiting for him, crucifixion. But we know that three days later, he rose from the dead. And today his kingdom is alive and well. So I think it's interesting and really quite fitting that here on Palm Sunday, we find ourselves in a season of pain and suffering. We're living in uncertain times. Financial, physical, spiritual struggle abounds in our lives today. We're unsure of what's to come in the days ahead, but friends, I want you to be encouraged. The same king that saved then saves us today. Death could not hold him. We can cry out today, Hosanna, God save us. And that's a prayer that he answers. So as we enter into this holy week, may we be reminded of this truth and may we reflect on this truth in a meaningful way. So with all of this said, let's direct our attention to the text here in Philippians. There is a message that we're gonna title today, The Path to Peace. The Path to Peace. How is it that we are to find peace in uncertain times? If you're like me, Peace seems hard to come by these days. I'm real good at preaching about peace. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I'm very poised today. I got my jacket. It's even buttoned. I'm ready to go. I don't mind telling you that peace is found in Christ and that we can find peace. But give me a couple hours, and I'll just be honest with you. I'm a mess. I've caught myself uttering this lie throughout these days. When all of this is over, when everything gets back to normal, then things are going to be better. My anxiety, my life of fear, my struggles will be over. But can I just share the reality with you? I've pastored you long enough and you've known me long enough to know that if we're honest with each other, we were a mess before the coronavirus came into our lives. Like we, it's not like, you know, I think we like to have that narrative, like we had everything going, we had everything on lock before COVID-19 came along. But let's just get real, we were a mess before that. We didn't have our stuff together before that. We are an anxious people. We are a people consumed with the things of this world, but Jesus offers a better way. So I want us to pray together. I want us just to ask the Lord for his help. And then we're gonna dive into this text and study it together. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to open your word. God, we do thank you for this chance to be here. We thank you for technology. We thank you that it's working. And we thank you, God, that we are able to open your word even today. God, would you just give us a Holy Spirit-enabled ability to focus? God, would you help me be able just to lock in on your word and to preach it uh, to my friends here and to those who are gathered all across our city and all across our region? Lord, we know that your word moves in power, so we're asking you to work in a mighty way. God, show up in this place and in these places. Would you move for your honor and for your glory? It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right, Philippians 4, we're going to look at verses 4 through 9. You ready for this? The Word of God. I brought my, bit, my little Bible so it would look more proportionate again today. Verse 4 of chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The word of the Lord. So let me just get to the big truth right out of the gate. The path to peace is found by following Jesus Christ. The path to peace is found by following Jesus. Thanks, y'all have a great Palm Sunday. Am I all the way out? Okay. See, it's hard to know. Like, was I out of the camera? Yeah, so <laughs> Pastor Bob amen that. He was like, praise God, let's go home. No, but this is the big truth, but I want us to kind of think through this truth within this text today. Real peace is found by following Jesus, and real peace is found when we cultivate a real and consistent relationship with Jesus. So as we look into this text today, we're going to see the results of walking with Jesus. When we follow Jesus, when we have a deep and consistent relationship with him, when we're walking with Jesus in such a way that it's changing us day in and day out, it allows us to become the people he wants us to be, and we find ourselves developing some character traits in our lives. A couple weeks ago on a Sunday night, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, and this is certainly talking about the fruit of the Spirit, that when we follow Christ, these fruits are developed within us. But here in Philippians 4, Paul gets extremely practical in what the this fruit looks like on a real practical basis. When we are following Jesus, when we experience the peace that comes from him, these characteristics are evident in our lives. So let's walk through these together. First, we see that following Jesus leads to abiding joy. Abiding joy. Verse four says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Now, I know that some of you are probably like looking in your footnotes and in your study Bible to see if there's any exclusions for pandemics or stay-at-home orders, right? But you're not going to find any anywhere, and if you do, that's just wrong, all right? Uh, but the reality is he says always, and in the Greek language, that word always means always always like there is not an exception we are to rejoice in the Lord and to be a people of abiding joy always it's important to note just like we did Wednesday night for our students that are watching that joy is not the same as happiness See, our earthly happiness tends to come and go, doesn't it? Uh, it kind of tends to ride that roller coaster of our circumstances. When things are good, we're happy. When things are not so good, we're not so happy. But this earthly happiness is not what it's talking about. Rejoice in the Lord always. Hey, everyone just be happy. Let's all just smile and pretend like it's okay. No, that's not what it's saying here. But instead, this is talking about having a deep and abiding joy that does not go away even within the midst of difficult circumstances. It's a joy that is deeper than temporary happiness. It's a contentment. To use the word that we're looking for this morning, it's a peace that's constant, a peace in the inner person. Even when our lives don't seem to be at peace, we have this peace and this joy when we're walking with our Savior when we're on the path of peace. There is, an, there is a real, there's an abiding joy in the inner person. 
But next we see that following Jesus produces not only an abiding joy, but a gentle spirit. A gentle spirit. Verse five says, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. That word reasonable comes from a word that's sometimes translated gentleness, sometimes translated as selfless or humble. This is really interesting to see. I think it's worth us noting today. This joy is kind of something that may be on the, in the inner person. We're not gonna see that. Like your joy may not be evident to everybody, but if you have this joy, if you're walking with Jesus and he's producing an abiding joy in your life, then the outward signs of that should be a gentle spirit. It's an outward change. We as Christ followers should be very reasonable and gentle people. I don't know that that really describes this weird American version of Christianity that we have today. In fact, I feel like most of the popular pastors and popular preachers seem to be the loudest, brashest, and sometimes most obnoxious. And we use the Christian code word boldness to cover for this, right? They're just so bold. Hey, sometimes you're not being bold for Christ, you're just being a jerk, all right? Just the reality, all right? I, sorry, I'm getting, I'm bold, aren't I? Uh, sorry, let me just bring it back. Gentle, gentle-spirited. I don't know that we see a lot of gentle-spirited Christ followers today. Friends, especially in a season like this, I pray that we as God's people would be marked with a gentle spirit. The way we interact with people, the way we walk through this world. This doesn't mean that we don't stand up for truth. This doesn't mean that we tolerate injustice in the world. But it does mean that the way we go about it and the way that we live our everyday lives, the way we deal with crises, the way we walk through seasons like the coronavirus, the way we deal with life should be marked and markedly different and in stark contrast to the rest of the world. In a world where the left is screaming at the right and the right is screaming at the left, we as Christ followers should be heading in a whole different direction. Why? Because Paul says in the second half of this verse, because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. Guys, here's the Southeast Texas way of saying it. We've got bigger fish to fry. There are bigger things happening than the temporary things that we get obsessed with. It doesn't mean that we don't care about current events, but what it does mean is that when everyone else is freaking out, when everyone else is up in arms about today's latest controversy, we as God's people should be found to be reasonable people, gentle-spirited in the way we handle things. Friends, just some pastoral wisdom. You're not gonna be able to pull this off if you are saturating yourself with your favorite flavor of cable news. Whatever side of the political spectrum you find yourself in, the outrage machines are alive and well in our culture today. I wanna just invite you and, and appeal to you, don't waste your life being mad about things that won't matter in 100 years. Remember that the Lord is at hand May we be found as reasonable people in an unreasonable time. That happens when we're walking with Jesus. The third fruit we see of following Jesus. Is everybody okay today? I gotta get a breath here. I'm preaching today. I got this jacket on. It makes me feel like a preacher. So you guys okay? Got people in the room here. And they are seated, folks. They're seated around the place. Uh, Bob's trying to throw amens from different parts of the room just so I feel at home today. 
This is heavy stuff, but I want you to hold on, okay? Some of you may be watching and you're not uh, used to, to being in church and you think, wow, all this guy do is, is, is calling me out today. I want you to hold on because the good news is coming, okay? But there are some things we need to think through, so keep working with me. So the first fruit we see is an abiding joy. If you're following Jesus, if you're on the path of peace, you're gonna have an abiding joy in your life. The second thing we said is that we will have a gentle spirit. But the third fruit that is produced is we're on the path of peace is that we will be thinking worthy thoughts. Thinking worthy thoughts. Verse eight is this beautiful call to set our minds on eternity. Just read that verse with me again. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Church, did you know that the Bible is often addressing the way we think? The Bible often talks to us about the thoughts that we are thinking. 2 Corinthians 10.5 invites us to take every thought captive. Our thought life is such an important aspect of our everyday life, especially in a season like this where many of us are staying at home and are getting cooped up in these days. Your thoughts are running wild. Researchers predict that anywhere... Uh, between 12 to 80,000 thoughts a day are happening in our heads. Most of them believe it's between 60 and 80, but there's been some research that says it's only 12,000. That's still a bunch of thoughts, y'all, right? Oh yeah, only 12,000 thoughts a day, no big deal. That's a lot of thoughts. So here's what I wanna say to you. No one is talking to you as much as you are. So what are you saying to yourself? What are the thoughts that you are thinking? Are you letting your thoughts run wild? Guys, I gotta tell you, in a season like this where there is uncertainty, I've got about a bajillion, that's a real number by the way, a bajillion scenarios that I've already played out to the nth degree in my head. Uh, (laughs) Some ways this is gonna be really great. Some other scenarios, (laughs) some of the other models that I'm running in my head, not so hot, right? And some of you are like me. Some of you are just thinking about all the things that are happening and your thoughts are running wild today. I want to remind you that Paul says we are to navigate our thought life, to think about things that are true, think about things that are honorable, lovely, commendable, excellent. Think about things that are worthy of praise. There's so much negative to dwell on in our world. And let me just be honest, negativity sells the news, social media, all of it. Like if you look at the trending topics on social media, they're almost always controversial, right? Some of them may just be, LOL, this is funny, but the majority of them are like, here's the controversy of right now. Somebody's mad about this, somebody's mad about that, somebody's mad at this person or that person, and it sells. Our flesh, for some reason, craves controversy. I just think about probably one of the most top popular uh, television shows right now is Tiger King. Some of you are watching that. This is not a recommendation from the pulpit right now. But one of my friends referred to it the other day in our life group, we were having a chat and he said, it's hot garbage. (laughs) Can I just tell you 100% it's hot garbage, but guess what? If you start watching it, you're gonna keep watching it because our brains, our minds, our flesh is wired to almost crave that weird dysfunction. We are drawn to that kind of stuff, kind of like the bug flying into the light. (laughs) But Paul invites us to fight that tendency in us, 
to just constantly refresh what's trending, constantly looking to see what's going on or the latest controversy in the world. Paul says, fight that. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things that are above. We gotta think about Jesus. We have to think worthy thoughts. When we're walking with Jesus, he allows us to do that and helps us do that. Paul sums up this section by telling us that walking with Jesus leads to doing worthy deeds. So let's recap again. I want, if you're taking notes, to be able to remember these. If we're following Jesus, if we're on the path to peace, we will have an abiding joy. We will have a gentle spirit. We will think worthy thoughts, and finally, we will do worthy deeds. Verse nine says, what you have learned, what you have received, and what you've heard, practice these things. Paul's like, do it. And let's just get real, okay? Isn't that the hard part about Christianity? I, I swear, like most of the time, man, when I'm preaching, I say that at the end of a message, right? That none of this is a surprise to you. You're not surprised I went to seminary. Most of the time, it's not new content and information for you, is it? But rather, when we come to these moments, it's the reminder that we are called to do the things that God has called us to do. The doing is the difficult part, isn't it? Some of you may be feeling that way right now. This sermon sounds great. You've been taking notes. You're like, all right, I gotta start having joy. I gotta start developing a gentle spirit. It's time for me to start doing some worthy deeds and thinking some worthy thoughts. And that's a good goal, but can I just be real blunt with you today? You're not gonna be able to do that. <laughs> we have wasted our time. Y'all have a great Palm Sunday, right? I like that I only have to take two steps to do a fake walkout. On a normal Sunday morning, I have to take like four or five. Now it's like, I'm out, I'm back. You're not gonna be able to accomplish this on your own. Try as you might, you're not gonna be able to produce joy in your life on your own. You can't produce gentleness. You can't produce a good thought life. You are not gonna be able to produce good deeds in your own life. But that's not what Paul is calling us to here in this section. He's not saying, hey, you bunch of bums, start doing these things. Instead, Paul is showing us the results of what happens when we follow Jesus. What's the key to walking in joy? What's the key to having a gentle spirit? What's the key to thinking worthy thoughts and doing worthy deeds? Paul says, if we want these things in our lives, then we just have to start following Jesus. And I love this, this is so practical today because this isn't just church speak, right? Like, hey guys, today's message is follow Jesus. Y'all have a great day. I'm not gonna do another fake walkout. Two is the limit. Uh, the staff has said two is all you get on a, a daily basis, okay? But Paul says exactly how we are to cultivate a relationship with Christ, how we can develop these characteristics in our lives. How can we set off on the path to peace today? I've been holding you hostage for a long time to tell you this truth, haven't I? The key that opens up all of this is found in verse six. Look at it with me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. I wanna read you this verse from the New Living Translation. It says it so simply. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. This, my friends, is the key that unlocks all of this. This is what we need to be able to walk on the path of peace. Meaningful and consistent prayer. Every single moment of every single day, you and I are bombarded with the things of the world, the concerns of this life, perhaps today more than ever in your life. 
And every single moment of every single day, you and I are given a choice. Will we live our lives in worry, in fear, in anxiety, or will we turn to prayer? Which will we choose today? Friends, could it be that Jesus has brought our lives to a standstill to remind us of this wonderful truth? That the God of all creation, the one who created the world and everything in it, the one who knit you together in your mother's womb, the one who the Bible says is holding the universe together by the word of his immovable power, that this same God invites us to the table and says, have a seat, share your heart with me. Share your life with me. Walk with me. To pray, to bring our concerns, our worries, and our fears, our requests to him. I think it's wise while we're here to note the aspects of prayer that we see in this verse. Paul says, what are you worried about? What are the things that are on your mind? What are the anxieties that are creeping into your life? Pray, pray. What are the needs in your life? Uh, What are the needs in the lives of the people around you that you care about? Pray. And I think this one is the one that we leave out often, and it's huge for us. Some of you already right now, you're like, Pastor, I've been praying like crazy because your job security is gone. You're fearful for the future today. Some of you may have health issues and may have relatives that have health issues. You're concerned about the coronavirus and COVID-19, and you're unsure of what is coming in the days ahead. So you're like, Pastor, I've been praying. But you need to hear this last part. Thank him for what he's done. Thank him for what he's done. This is huge. Talk about the the practical path to peace here. I don't know about you, but I struggle with spiritual amnesia. Spiritual amnesia. Meaning that I forget what God has done. God can save me in a miraculous way, which he did. Let's just talk salvation, right? We don't even have to go to other things in my life. God has saved me from the path to an eternity in hell because he loved me and by his grace has said, come have a seat at the table. Yet the next time that I am in a little bit of a bind, I forget all about the Lord. I forget about the times he's delivered me. I forget about the times he's healed me. I forget about the times that he has restored relationships, that he has provided when I didn't think provision was possible. I forget about all those things. But friends, God does so many amazing things in our lives. And I think we need to take time in this season to count our blessings and remember what it is that the Lord has done in our lives. Because as we remember what God's done in our lives, it reminds us that he is faithful. Friends, you stink at faithfulness. <laughs> I'm getting real bold again. Sorry, gentle-spirited. We're not faithful, but he is. Praise God. The good news that we have today is that we have a mighty God that we get to serve and that loves us. Y'all, we're real good at prayer requests. But we forget the praise reports often, don't we? Like you're praying for somebody's third cousin's best friend's uncle in your life group, but you haven't taken a moment to say, God, what have you done in our lives that is worthy of praise? Have you been in one of those sessions before? Our staff will know this. We started doing this a little bit because we would do prayer requests before we had staff meeting. And there would be some days that like when the prayer requests got done, we were like, whew. I don't have anything else to pray for. Like, have you ever been that person? Like, I'm that guy. Like, I have a prayer request I'm going to share, and then somebody's like, I have cancer, and you're like, I don't have a prayer request anymore. 
right? Nothing to pray for, my life's good. But did you know that God's big enough to handle the big things and the small things? That we can bring our small requests to the Lord, he can handle the big ones and the small ones. But in those moments in our staff meeting, I remember one day I was like, let's talk about what God's done. (laughs) Because it seems like there's so many things and it overwhelms us in our flesh, but when we start talking about what God has done, it changes things for us changes things. I, I talked to a dear saint in our church this morning. Uh, I called her. In fact, she's going to watch this later because she had to catch up on something on HGTV. Yeah, I called you out, Cindy. Uh, but she's going to watch this later today. And I was talking to her about all this that, she, that we're walking through and the, the struggle that comes with that. And, and I love what she said. She said, you know what? If the, if the Lord healed me of cancer and I'm still here all these years later, I'm not worried about the coronavirus. I love that. Now, by the way, she's taken all the precautions, and I would encourage all of you to take the precautions that we need to be taking. But you know what she did? She reminded herself of what the Lord has done. And when you remind yourself of what the Lord has done, it has a way of helping us face the day. As we pray, we need to certainly give our worries, our fears, and our concerns to the Lord. We certainly need to bring the request to him. God says we can boldly approach the throne and do that but also let's not forget to count our blessings. Crossroad friends here, those watching right now, I'm I'm asking God to use this season to transform our church from warriors into prayer warriors. That God would help us in this season to become a people of prayer because this is the promise. When we become a people of prayer, when we're walking with Jesus, when we're on the path of peace, he will help us have an abiding joy. He will give us gentle spirits. He will help us think worthy thoughts and do worthy deeds. And ultimately, all of this points to the promise of verse seven. This is in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a promise that is. Anybody need that today, right? I need some Philippians 4, 7 up in my life right now. And the promise is available to those of us who would walk with Jesus today. Do you need peace today? The good news is that on this Palm Sunday, the invitation is to follow the man on the donkey, to follow our Savior, If you don't know Jesus, cry out to him. Cry out, Hosanna, God, save me. Jesus rode that donkey all the way into town and ultimately rode it headlong into his death. He died on the cross a few days later to pay the price for your sins and my sins so that we might be saved. And the Bible says if you would call out to Jesus and ask him to be your savior and Lord, that you will be saved today. So friends, my prayer is that you would know the God who saves, that you would be able to cry out, Hosanna. But if you already know Jesus, can I just invite you as well on this Palm Sunday to follow the man on the donkey, to follow Jesus. You know, he didn't stay dead. Next week, we're gonna celebrate that like nobody's business on Easter Sunday. Three days later, he rose from the dead victorious over sin and death. And the call for us is to follow a living savior today. Follow him into his new life and let this new life transform into a daily walk 
as you pray, as you grow, you walk with our Savior, and then we will begin to experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, and he will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Friends, if we've ever needed this, it's today, isn't it? Hosanna, Hosanna. Let's pray. God, thank you for saving us. Thank you for your gospel. Lord, I pray for those who are watching this right now who may not know you, Lord. Would you help them to know you today? Would you save people by your grace? Lord, I pray that that same grace would not only save today, but that it would transform those of us who know you already, who know your gospel. Lord, would we be a people who walk in peace unlike anything we've experienced before? God, we love you and we thank you for everything you've done and everything you're gonna do. Thank you for being mighty to save.